You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 41 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. I'm Christian. Find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! First midweek podcast, even though it's coming out on a Friday. And could it come at a better time? We are about, what do you want to say, about an hour past the Yankees... Unbelievable six to five victory over the Houston Astros. I was screaming like it was a playoff game. I'm not even kidding. I can't. I can't deal with it. Honestly, I don't want to see these two teams face each other in the postseason. I can't handle it. I'm gonna die. I. It's May. Everything about this it's, series was just a playoff atmosphere in May. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And you want to know something? This sounds crazy. Okay. This series was one of the best series I've ever seen the Yankees play in my entire life. This meant more than just taking three out of four games from any random team. This was a big statement, if not for the fans, then for this team. Because they no longer look at Houston, look at their stadium and say, we can't score there, we can't win there. Because clearly they can. Well, what we want to do here with the midweek pod is more do a little bit more breaking down of the games, whereas, you know, our weekend pod, we, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like, uh, you know, we do more of like a sports talk type deal where we're taking more outside factors and right. uh, figuring them into things. This is going to be focused on really the in-between days, uh, the series that had just finished or is currently in progress. I think it worked out perfectly for us this week because we were able to get uh, in on Thursday and fit in the entire Houston right. series because I think it would have been not a mistake, but you know it wouldn't have been a good idea almost if we were going to do this to leave this game out and then wait for no because this was an important game. If the Yankees left Houston and took two out of four, you wouldn't be upset, but. Man, what a different feeling you have right now that they came back and they won this game and they just took three out of four from Houston, 12 out of their last 13 games. 12 out of their last 13 games, man. Well, before we get – we're going to briefly touch on Sunday Night Baseball when they defeated the Angels. We'll briefly touch on that. We'll get into the Astros series. But first and foremost, I think we have to talk about Jordan Montgomery who left his start – uh, what day was that? That was Tuesday, right? Game two of the series. Yes. After one inning, he threw seven pitches, I believe. And Great first inning. He, he actually laughed after the interview, and he said that was probably the best thing I've had all year. And uh, you know, as soon as you saw Domingo Herman warming up, that something was wrong with uh, Jordan Montgomery, and it was revealed yesterday that he's going to be out six to eight weeks. He's got a flexor strain in his uh 
left elbow. So a lot of people were speculating that that's usually a precursor to Tommy John surgery. Aaron Boone said that he has no information that would uh, lead to that. Conclusion. That would lead to that conclusion. Thank you for uh, finishing. But I have up. a question for you. Did they put him on the 10-day DL before the results came back? Because it's just odd to me that he's on the 10-day DL, which I which I get. They were f- does that f- does the 10-day free up a roster spot? Yes. It does. Yes. Uh they put him on the 10-day to free up a roster spot and then it was like, but he's going to be out 6 days. I think they knew he was missing at least a start. So they just pro- did it. Yeah. At that time, and then the results came. Because back. think about it, like when CC went down, right? They he really didn't miss miss much time. He just, they knew that he was going to miss a start, so you figure you put him on the DL and then back him up. So then he pitches at the end of the ten right. days. So maybe at best case scenario, that's what they were thinking. So then they can get an extra arm up here. But it turns out he's going to be out six to eight weeks. I mean, it's a big blow for this team. I don't care how any way you want to slice it. To lose Jordan Montgomery for probably two months, it's a big deal. Yeah, but you know what's funny? We had Corelli and I think Jack Curry. Uh, I know Jack Curry. You said also Corelli said I believe said Chris Corelli also said One it. of our questions to both of them during our interviews before the season started was, who was going to be the Chad Green of the Yankees in 2018? Meaning, who was going to kind of take us by surprise and really carry this team when you never thought they would, and man, this is this is Herman's time now because if he can fill in for three, four, five starts, whatever it is, and, and be be dominant. I mean, you've seen his stuff. You don't even need him to be dominant. His stuff. If he can give you a fraction of what he gave you Tuesday night, I think you're going to be happy with. Yeah, him. but imagine he is dominant, and he's and he's another piece to this puzzle. You've I mean, seen it in some of his relief outings where he goes two or three innings and that first inning and maybe even through part of the second inning, he's got dominating stuff where it's like, wow, just, yeah. I he see just whatever. doesn't hold his composure. But he's also got to be stretched out too. I mean, they're working on that. Now. Where, as I was saying, it's like you could see that he's got the stuff that people are like, okay, now I can understand why people like Jack Curry and Corelli were saying, yeah, this guy's got a chance to be a real contributor to this team. And then, you know, he get, he gets nicked up, gives up a couple of runs. His ERA is inflated because he, I think coming into uh, Tuesday's game, he had only four appearances yeah. this year. But, I mean, then, you know, you throw the kid in the deep end of the pool there on Tuesday night, and he gives you four scoreless innings. I mean, what else could you possibly want from him? I mean, the pitching. Before today, I put out a tweet during their, you know – 11 wins out of 12 games. This pitching staff has gone 11 and 1, obviously, with a 1.50 ERA. This pitching staff where everyone was freaking out went with a 1.50 ERA. That's unbelievable. The starters ERA during the span, I believe I saw it during the game. I don't know if it took into the uh, account that the Innings that Tanaka had thrown up to that point, but they were like the starters were at one point seven eight. Man, during this stretch, who's been more impressive, the offense or, or the pitching? I would have to say the pitching because they've won some low scoring games. There's been games where they haven't really hit a lot, and they still won. And but- the Yankees they faced a lot of good pitching during this stretch, and it caused them to be behind a run or two late in the game in the eighth, ninth innings, and they've just battled back. So let's break it down real quick before we get into actual on-game stuff. 
So Herman's going to be the guy. He's going to get the first crack at this. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that, especially based on how he pitched Tuesday. Right. I mean, your other options would have been Luis Sessa, but he's hurt. Hurt. And I don't think anybody wanted to see him anyway. (laughs) Warren, hurt. Adam Warren, who maybe, but he's also injured. Uh, You got Chance Adams, who this would have been an opportune time for him to come up and make his major league debut. But he's pitching to a 5.11 ERA in Scranton. Uh, getting a lot of tweets of like why what's wrong with him and maybe the only thing I can speculate on is he had his elbow cleaned up in the off season and maybe he's working his way back from that maybe you hope so because dude if he fell off this much I mean wow that's your your one or one a pitching prospect and he this is what you're getting out of him right now that's not you you can't be hoping for that they could too I mean he's really been focused on his changeup. And when you have something going on in your elbow, it sounds stupid, but mentally you could possibly start favoring your arm when you're trying to throw that changeup, when you're trying to pull it down and and get that drop out of your changeup. I don't know. I mean, he's he's got some work to do, but this would have been the perfect time to see what he was made of, but it just they can't risk that right now. Their other top pitching uh, prospect is Justice Sheffield, who got uh, who got bumped up to AAA today. He's been pitching really well. Uh, he had a rough first start, but other than that, yeah, he's been pitching really well. I've heard some reports that people think that he he's major league ready once he. I mean, he's got he's got to learn to control his fastball, and then people think he's ready to come up. Well. I think them promoting him at this time is also making a bit of a statement because me personally, I think Jordan Montgomery is going to be out longer than, than they think. And if Herman isn't the guy to, to fill that spot, if Sheffield really has that kind of stuff right now and, and they think there's even a chance that he's ready, he's going to get the call. So, border, but basically, what we're looking at is at least two months without Jordan Montgomery, right? So, how many starts do you give Herman if he struggles right out of the gate? You give three. him one, three's, three's your number? I yeah. think three's a fair number. I think you give him three. Uh, and I, and I personally, I think he's going to be really good for this team. Uh, I don't obviously want to see him fail, but if he's really not getting the job done, you got to remember too, I know Sonny Gray looked a lot better the other night, but, He's been a liability when it comes to innings pitch, and you never know. CeCe's been unbelievable, but you never know with him either. You can't have another guy in this rotation right now who's only going to give you four innings, five innings. And if Herman can't be efficient, um, if Gray continues to struggle, if CeCe's not going deep into ballgames, you have to get someone up here who's going to be able to eat up some innings and be efficient and throw strikes. Yeah, but how much do you think that they would push Sheffield in a situation like that? They I don't think only... they're going to push his pitch count, but I think Sheffield has the kind of stuff that he can be efficient and he can get you through the sixth inning not throwing a lot of pitches. All right, so... <clears throat> I think that's what Herman has to prove more than anything is that he can stretch his arm out enough where he can give them five or six decent innings. All right, so three. So you're saying three starts for Herman. Is Justice Sheffield going to show the Yankees enough in three starts that he'd be ready for the big leagues? I if Herman struggles, honestly, man, at this point, I think if Herman's struggling, it doesn't really matter what Sheffield's doing as long as he's not completely blowing up his season at that point. 
I think that they called him up for a reason to AAA. And I think that if Herman doesn't do the job, that that's going to be his time. Whether he, whether they think he's 100% ready or not, that's going to be his time. Look at what keeps happening every time the Yankees call up one of these young prospects who we've heard about. Look at what keeps happening. It's been nothing but greatness. I mean, you couldn't really... I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later on, but I mean, what more could you possibly ask for from Torres or Andujar Jesus, right now? Jesus, man. All right, so Montgomery out, eight, probably going to be closer to the eight weeks, if not longer. I tend to agree with you that they're probably going to be very, very cautious with him. So you, so we're at the beginning of May, June. I mean, what do you say, post-All-Star break for Montgomery? I, I at the best, I think. Uh, so, I mean... Mon- I personally think this leads to Tommy John. I really do. I hope not. I like Jordan Montgomery. I love him. He's been really good for the Yankees, but again, you know, I don't... We can go further on this on our next show over the weekend, but it just furthers my uh, opinion that they needed to make that trade and mm. get another starting pitcher in I'm here. not even going to get into that. Uh, I didn't say we had to get into it right now, but I'm saying it just furthers <coughs> my opinion of that. Okay. Because, you know. All right. So anyway, before we start fighting, we didn't want to do that today. Um, so real quick, Yankees wrap up a series in Anaheim Sunday Night Baseball what are they? Two one victory, two to one victory. Was it two to one? Yeah, because they uh, the only scoring was another Gary Sanchez home run. Right, and then CC Sabathia. You know, we keep saying this a lot. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask? What more could you ask for from CC Sabathia? What do you go? What do you go? Seven innings. I think he went seven innings. Gave up one earned run. This guy has been absolutely incredible so far it's really been impressive to watch and everyone keeps you know up and up until these last couple games everyone's sitting here saying cc should have never been signed he's washed up and man i cc brings you so much more than than his stats right he's such a leader on this team sabathia on sunday night he went seven innings, gave up one run on five hits, walked one, struck out four. Pitching to a 1.71 ERA this season. It's unbelievable, man. He's had, out of his five starts, four of them, he's only given up one run or fewer. One earned run or fewer. And in that fifth one, which I believe was his second start of the season, he only gave up three runs. And I think that was the start he got hurt in. I believe so. So, I mean... You're not anticipating the Yankees going out and sweeping in Anaheim, and they do. So you're right. Now they're on an 11. No, it was a nine-game winning streak. Feeling pretty good about this ball club, and they head to Houston. Houston. So they erased one house of horrors because they never were ever able to, excuse able to me, win in, yeah, in Anaheim, Anaheim ever. And, and then they they did. And Anaheim's not a slouch team. They've been there neck and no. neck with Houston so far this season. They got you know. Uh, Trout's probably the best player in the league. You know, he still got Pujols, who's, who's playing pretty well. You know, they got good pitching. So, I mean, you know, that's not that's not an easy task to go out there and sweep Anaheim. No. And I'm not going to call them the Los, Ange- the Los Angeles Angels. They're an- the, always going to be the Anaheim Angels. Or the me. California Angels. Either one. <laughs> so then we go to Houston, Monday night, start of a four-game set. Sonny Gray takes the mound. And you just... Did, and we said this, not that you want to lose, but you'd be okay losing a 2-1 to one game 
I actually was listening to the end of our episode from this past week, and you said Sonny Gray has to go out there and throw six or seven innings, give up two runs for him to at least, for us to at least feel a little bit better about him. And you said, out of your mouth, you said, if he loses the game two to one, that's not on him. That's exactly what happened. And it wasn't on him. He he struggled. He battled. He labored. But for the first time all season, he faced adversity and he overcame it. And that's what you wanted to see out of him. You know, Sonny Gray, Monday night, took the loss. But you know what? If you're going to give me two runs over six and on four hits, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it every Sign time. Sign up for that every time. The only thing you don't like is, you know, three walks in six innings. That's still pretty high. His but walks definitely did, have to cut down. He did seem a lot more aggressive. He did seem to, I don't know, maybe I was watching a different game. I thought he pitched better with his fastball. He did. And you know what his biggest problem is? When he's doubting himself, he slows down the game too much. And when you don't have your best stuff, you're supposed to slow down the game and figure it out. But he slows himself down too much. He slows the game down too much, and he completely unravels. When he, didn't he do that. when he was struggling a little bit, he didn't do that this time. He got the ball, he got right back on the mound, and he threw you know, he was aggressive and he stayed on on track and he got this team through six innings and kept them in the ball game. And have that's you, all you can ask for. Have you noticed that maybe this last week Boone's been letting these guys throw a little bit more pitches than it's they so have? It's so funny. Been? It's because Sabathia, I don't I know he was over 80. He was definitely over 80, and they've been trying to limit him to around 80. The same thing with Gray. They tried to limit him to around 85. He threw 97 pitches on Monday night. I believe CeCe was at like 95. Yeah, so they – I don't know. I thought it seemed to me like Boom was letting these guys go a little bit longer. I was surprised that Sabathia came out for the seventh inning. I thought they got everything they could have wanted out of him through six, and he let him oh, go out there. he wasn't coming out of that game. Yeah, but how many times have they cut his start short in the last two years? I know. But I, it's and funny. You give, it's funny you brought that up because I was thinking I was like, man, it would be awesome to have Boone on this show because that's the first thing I would ask him. Are the Yankees turning back on that on that theory? Uh, are they going to let these guys go a little bit longer? Is it just because they were on the West Coast and the weather was a lot better, and you know, then they played in guys Houston? Guys were loose. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So the Yankees, I mean, their nine-game win streak gets snapped. They lose two to one, which, you know, I kind of predict it. But you know what? I was okay with it. You can't win every game. They come off nine nine in a row. They're playing the defending world champs in their own building. You really, the the thing you needed to take out of that game was to get a good start from Sonny Gray, and you got it. So I mean, all in all, you lose, but you don't feel terrible about the loss. And you have to look at what Charlie Morton did yet again. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. He was unhittable. You've, you're not happy. It's a bad feeling because, yet again, this team comes up and only scores one run in this building. And it's a little frustrating, a little discouraging. But you couldn't be mad at the team for that loss. You did like that they showed a little fight late. They got a run in the eighth to make it a little bit more interesting. So, you know... They have shown this ability to not just roll over in these games. Which is great. All right, so you now you move on to Tuesday. 
I mean, where do you even want to begin <laughs> with Tuesday's game? What an incredible, I mean, really, what an incredible ball game Tuesday was. The Yankees win that game 4 nothing. Incredible pitching. I mean, it, Verlander, I mean, what the hell is he drinking down there? Did he find the fountain of youth down in Houston? Man, he is unreal right now. He, they were saying on the radio, he looks better than he, than he did ever when, been. He, when he was in his prime, when he was throwing 120 pitches a night for the Tigers. He Verlander, might be better than that. He hits 14 strikeouts in eight innings. The Yankees, I, honestly, I've seen no hitters. I've seen perfect games, and I think Verlander had better stuff than most of those games that I've witnessed. Does it, it show his ERA that you got up there? He is pitching to a 1.13 ERA this season. Oh, my God. And you know what? It's funny because I thought he was going to come back out. Uh, did you hear uh, yes. his You heard his That's post-game? what I was going to bring up. He threw 105 pitches, and he said that <laughs> he there was a moment where he kind of shut it down for a quick second, thinking he wasn't coming back out, and he didn't think it was fair to himself or the team. I forget what he said after that, to to ramp himself back yeah, up and go out there. Yeah, because Hinch asked him if he wanted to come back out. And normally a guy like Verlander is never going to say no. But mentally, he felt like that was it for him. Uh, shut it down. He said he second-guessed himself after he said no and could have possibly come back out. But he felt confident in his bullpen to come out and do the job, which uh, I guess he shouldn't have. Because if there's one weakness on that team, it is certainly the bullpen. So we're scoreless going into the ninth inning. Yankees lead off the inning. I'm laughing because we know we're we're going with this. Uh, Judge gets a single. Didi double, second and third. Nobody out. Here comes Gary Sanchez. With a better tag from Altuve, by the way. Didi's out. But he got in there. Who Altuve did not have a good series. No, he didn't. But whatever. Don't care. <laughs> um. Now here comes the big <laughs> dilemma. What do you do? Do you load the bases? Walk Gary Sanchez, load the bases for John Carlos Stan. AJ Hints decides not to. Gary Sanchez hits one four hundred and fifty feet. <laughs> yeah, and his excuse was, was just so baffling. It, he said, "This is this was his excuse for anyone who missed it." He said, I don't like walking the bases loaded there. It causes so many more opportunities for the Yankees to score, say, on a pass ball, a wild pitch, a sack fly. Guess what? There were runners on second Judge and third. Judge was on third base. There were runners of- on second and third. It's not like it was first and second. So those runs are going to score regardless. Honestly, I believe that in that situation, now you can argue John Carl Stanton all you want, and we'll get to, you know – him and then as we move along here um the move is to set up the double play you got to set up the force at every base there. you have to you have to especially to gary sanchez i mean the guy's been on fire you look at you know i heard i every time gary makes a mistake he's like oh he's only hitting 210 look at his power production look at his run production look at his year. clutch production i mean he single-handedly won three games out of this stretch for the yeah. team 
after he won, he hit game-winning home runs in three of the last, not including uh, yesterday's game or today's game, but before that, he hit three game-winning home runs in eight games. And one of them being in Minnesota, which it wasn't late in the game, but no, that was ahead. The, no, the, he hit the walk-off against Minnesota, and then he hit the home run against uh, the Angels. The Angels, but it still counts as a game-winning home run, yeah. even though it was earlier in the game. But still, the guys are responsible for three wins this week. Unbelievable. He sm- he destroys this pitch. And people just still rip him apart. Y- Yankee, <laughs> you know, uh, Hicks, uh, Stan makes an out. Does he? I don't even remember at this point. But Hicks comes in. Hicks is up now. It's single. And then the biggest meltdown. I don't even know what to call it other than that. The biggest meltdown I've ever seen on a playing field, ice rink, court, wherever they play sports, this has got to go down as the biggest meltdown I've ever seen a player have. The fact that this guy punched himself in the face. Giles, Giles, whatever. Ken Giles. Who let's let's be realistic about Ken Giles. I I tuned out. It was it was getting late, and I must have you know after after uh, the Yankees didn't take the lead in uh, the eighth inning, you know. You can call me a fraud all you want. I'm getting older, and I can't stay up as late as I used to. I must have dozed off for a few minutes. I did not actually see the end of the game Monday, all right? You were the one telling me that he celebrated that win like he just won the World Series. It was seriously. It was, and, And I don't mind a pitcher being intense, especially after, uh, you know, a big game like that. Because anytime the Yankees face the Astros from this point on, it's going to be a big game. It's going to feel like a big game. And I have no problem with a pitcher, whether it be a pitcher from the Astros, from the Yankees, whatever, being excited after closing out a game and winning. But his reaction was like they won the World Series again. And this was on the last day of May. I mean, April. And this guy made himself look like an idiot. And then he comes out the next night and it couldn't have been better for us. Because that intensity that he had on Monday translated into him punching himself in the chest, he then did, in the jaw, he slammed his yeah, slammed he the back down with his glove in his hand. He kind of punched himself in the chest. Then he punches himself in the jaw, throws a and bat, then throws down. a bat. But it was like the weak and then weakest throw. And he then kicks, you just, just he, you just have you see this guy wearing like a polo shirt and a ponytail in the dugout, and he's just like looking at him like, like what is what a, what is this guy doing? And then he kicks like a rapper on the ground, s- turns turns his head right, screams something, and then goes into the clubhouse. So the Yankees tack on another run, win four nothing. I mean, everybody's going to remember the Ken Giles incident, but I mean. What do you want to, again, what do you want to say about Gary Sanchez? Dude comes up, dude hits bombs. Yeah. What have we been saying all year? Gary rakes. And then the next night, Severino comes out and he throws his first complete game shutout ever in his career. I am so happy. So happy that Aaron Boone let him go out. You had to. You had to. And then he does that and Stanton, for the first time all season, Carries this offense completely on his own. Two home, two runs, home runs, RBI double. Has four RBIs on the night, and they won the game four to nothing. I think it was the first back-to-back shutouts the Yankees had since 2014, I believe. So, 
more great pitching from the Yankees. And then today comes around. Everyone's fresh, right? The bullpen's fresh. I just want to bring this up real quick. I don't know if if it's just the Yankees can't score in Houston, but the Houston Astros can't score <laughs> I was in Houston that. too. Because outside of today's game where the final was 6-5, to five, these have all, including the ALCS last year, these have all been low-scoring affairs. Yeah. The only time anybody's ever seemed to really put runs on the board is the Yankees when they were in the Bronx last year. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, today they get to McCullers early. And, what, they have a 3 nothing lead the at McCullers one point? settled down. He pitched into the seventh. I mean, it was a nice... Per- I mean, Jesus, what are we getting? A hurricane outside all of a sudden? God. And, uh, you know, Tanaka it- looked great through six. And his pitch count was low, so you you can't blame Boone for throwing him out there for the seventh. No, absolutely not. And I, I'm su- not really surprised, but I am surprised that he didn't at least let him try to get out of that mess. But I guess when you have Chad Green ready to go, and Chad Green wasn't in, nursing a three run lead, it's probably the move there. Even yeah, absolutely. His pitch count was low, and you know Chad Green. Th- the problem with letting Tanaka try and get out of that is just like the Yankees, there's really no holes in the Astros lineup. So if Tanaka's looking a little gassed and looking like he's kind of lost a little bit on his stuff and these guys are coming around on the third time through the lineup, you don't want to risk Tanaka letting this game get completely out of hand. And then Green comes on, he, he gives up a, you know, a few of those runs and then it's, what, 4-3. Did Green come back out and give up that home run to yeah, he, Springer? Yeah, no, it was Correa. Correa. Yes. And it's 5-3. And at that point, before that, <laughs> I said to you, I kind of talked you off the ledge a little bit. I said, this team's hot, man. They're going to they they're gonna win this game. Then it was 5-3, and I was like, ah, this is going to be tough. Yeah, but you know what? When you're looking at the game logically, as hot as the Yankees have been, you know, you were up 3 nothing. You had this long shutout streak versus the Astros going on you know what a soft rally but they put up four runs i mean the only ball that was well struck that whole inning was the mccann rbi single and then correa comes up and just demolishes a pitch five three so you're saying to yourself you know logically like the whole moment all of the momentum's on the astral side here yeah you know if the Yankees drop this one, it sucks. But you know what? You still went down to Houston and, and split a series with Houston. And I mean, at the beginning of the series, it's kind of all you're hoping for. And with the way they're playing, and the, they've been facing good teams of late, with the way they're playing, you take you you'll take that. You'll take two out of four from Houston. And you'll be happy about it. And the young kids come up, and they get the rally going. Torres with a huge. Obviously, his career is so young, but easily the biggest base Well, let's hit break his... down the anatomy of that inning there. So now we're 5-3, top of the ninth inning. And you're not even – you're not even if you think the Yankees can't come back, you're not feeling good about it because of where they are in the lineup. And then uh, A.J. Hinch goes to um, Will Harris to try to get the save. And then it's funny, though, as the yes cameras are panning around when they find Ken Giles <laughs> – what is he doing? He's rubbing his jaw in the bullpen. Oh, my God. It was like the most awesome co- coincidental thing I've ever seen. And he just looked like a maniac. He legitimately looked like the Unabomber because he had his hood pulled up and he was writing something down on the wall in the bullpen. So, 
Here comes everybody's favorite punching bag while uh, Jacoby Ellsbury's on the shelf here. Neil Walker works a walk. Then you get Andu. It was Anduhar, right? Yes. Great at bat by him going the other way to find the hole. Gets the single there. And then Hicks, man. Hicks, Hicks really He was worked. down 0-2. Hicks really worked out of AB. Gets the single there. He takes a few very close very, pitches. Very, very close pitches. Bases loaded. Nobody out. You're thinking, all right. They got to find a way to tie the scheme here. Just cannot hit into a double play right here. And then Glaber, baby. I mean, what do you want from this kid right now? He's I mean, so smooth. He's so confident. And, and then Mr. Up. Cold Water, Michael K, man. I mean, the last couple days, like, he just has to throw cold water on yeah. things. Like, st- yeah, Stanton hit two home runs on um, Wednesday night, right? They were, were they Stantonian home runs? Were they 450 foot mammoth blast? No, but they're home runs. But then he's got to live in the, uh, the post game. Well, they weren't the type of home runs you expect from John right. Carl Stan. You know what I expect from John Carl Stan? To hit home runs. So I don't care if they're wall scrapers or they go 500 feet. Right. As long as they hit him. And then in the post game today, he says about Torres, well, it wasn't the most well struck ball, but you know what? It was, that was a great, piece of hitting because he took an outside pitch hooked it into a part of the field where nobody was standing nobody could have caught that ball <clears throat> because even though it's on the pull side for uh what do you call it for torres who's their left fielder springer springer their left fielder no he's the right fielder now i can't think i gotta look this up because it's gonna bother me um I believe Fisher was playing left field at that yeah, point. Yeah, you're right. But he was playing him to go opposite field a little bit because if you saw where he was running from, you know that you're not playing. He, they weren't playing that guy to pull there. So he that's a great AB right there. Sure, he had an approach, and he took a ball and he and he placed it where he knew no one was, and it and it tied the game. And you hear uh, Flaherty or uh, <coughs> no, it was Curry. Curry, I'm sorry, on the post game. Talk about a guy with a slow heartbeat, and that's a and when you have that type of approach at the plate in that situation, that's a guy with a slow heartbeat. Yep. And then, uh, who came up after Torres? There, uh, Guard is just in an awful, awful slump right yeah, now. Yeah, it's mean, it's uh, getting pretty bad. It's been pretty bad. I mean, I don't even know what you do. You just gotta let him work out of it. I mean, he's no he's a notoriously streaky player, yes. and this is probably the coldest I've ever remember and he seeing. started the season like the first week or so he was really hot he was getting on base a lot even when he wasn't seeing the ball that well or hitting the ball that well he was working you know he was working, Work, the, working counts, the counts yeah. and he was getting on base and now it's just like he's he's become an automatic out right now um and judge hasn't been as hot late of late judge either. sprinkled in these games where he has a couple of hits yeah but he has not he has not so when you have, very well. when you have guys back to back like that dd cooled off a little bit but i mean what did have you, you expect? noticed about dd though the last couple games in houston he's he's using the opposite field yeah he's seeing that guys are playing yeah. in the pull which honestly and nobody will ever say this and give him the credit <laughs> for it but that's a mark of a smart hitter absolutely that you you are especially on the road where you can't use that port to your advantage and you see guys are giving you the whole left side of the field and you're using it. Hey, I agree. More credit to them. But, you know, the Yankees catch a break there. Altuve can't turn to double play. 
in the run scores, Judge gets credited with the RBI. We go um, <clears throat> we go bottom nine, six five, and Chapman is throwing gas, just throwing gas. Then he got in a little bit of a tr- of trouble there with two outs, first and second, and up steps who? The the reigning AL MVP, and he made him look foolish. Well, before we get there, I mean, what are you thinking when Gary he strikes he strikes out uh, Gaddis? Gaddis came in to pinch hit, strikes him out. Gary Sanchez can't find the ball, and Gaddis reaches first base, and you're like, "Oh my God, is this like honestly the the ups and downs in this game?" And now are the Yankees going to lose because Gary Sanchez didn't find the ball in time right. to throw Evan Gaddis out? Springer gets a hit. Now you got first and second, two outs. Altuve's up, and this honestly. They have a lineup loaded with talented hitters. Correa is probably, honestly, I think Correa is their best player. And he made some sparkling defensive plays. Yeah, series, he's especially very good. Today. As much as we love Didi, honestly, I got to say Correa is probably the best shortstop in the American League. Oh, I mean, defensively, offensively, just all around, I'd have to agree with you. Didi might get him on because of Didi knows how to play Yankee Stadium and his power numbers might look better, but... As an overall player, I, I and this is no disrespect to Didi. I mean, we friggin' love the guy. Yeah. But Correa is uh, the man. I agree. And then here we go. Altuve, Chapman. Boom. 101. Can't touch it. And then it was funny, though. Like, he threw him another 101-mile-an-hour fastball, and it was like he was expecting something different. Yeah. And it just blew it by him. And then the next pitch, boom. 101. And this has got to irk opposing teams, but I'm starting to love it. When Chapman throws the gas to end the game and he just stands there, chest out, staring love at Sanchez. It. I love it. Love every second of it. So the Yankees, I mean, what a – this felt – I mean, end of April, end of May, this felt like playoff baseball. It really did. It really did. But like I said, this was bigger than just a series in May. I mean – the, the Yankees had to go to Houston and make a statement, and they did. This in no way erases the fact that they no, could not no. score runs in Houston last year or that they lost the American League Championship Series. But the fact that they went down there and took three out of four games from Houston, I mean, absolutely. I think that puts the exclamation point on their nine-game winning streak, that they lost a game and came back and won three in a row against Houston. And it kind of tells the American League that last year was not a fluke. Our nine-game win streak was not a fluke. And... You know, we're as good as everybody said we were in the the offseason. Oh, absolutely. And the Yankees sit right now. They have the second-best record in the American League, third-best in Major League Baseball. And watch out, Boston, because if the Yankees keep playing like this, it's just a matter of time before this team's in first place. So the Yankees right now are... At their high water mark, eleven games over five hundred, twenty-one and ten. Every I always say this, and I want to know, if, and you, I would assume you agree with me, that every time you jump over another plateau of being five games over, ten games over, you don't dip back below it. The Yankees got over five games over, didn't dip back below it. Now, for the first time, they're they're on the plus side of ten games over. You don't dip back below it. Now you work towards being fifteen games yep. over. And that's what makes a successful powerhouse of a team. But it doesn't get any easier. Tomorrow night, <clears throat> the Cleveland Indians are in town. Yep. And uh, Francesa, Mike is back. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it was kind of, it was weird but not weird listening to him yesterday. It was the first time I was I able to catch it. him. I loved every second. It of was it. like it was weird hearing him back, but it was like it was like like he never left. Like he never left. Said that the teams in the AL Central are so bad that Cleveland can win eighty six games this year and run away oh, easily and run away with this division so, easily. Um. So it's not gonna. I mean, Cleveland's still a quality ball club, still a team that you'd figure the Yankees are gonna have to go through to get to the World Series yeah. this year. Uh, just a quick by pl- default. I mean, by default. Just a quick plug here. You guys are gonna. We're gonna get this out for Friday. Uh, Friday morning, Friday <coughs> afternoon. I'm gonna be on Fox Sports in Akron, Ohio, talking to our good buddy Munch, Munch. to preview the uh, series with the uh, Cleveland Indians. Um, you can hear it on iHeartRadio since we, unless you live in Ohio, which I don't think much of our fan base is in Ohio. You never know. You never. Uh, but I'm as we get closer to the um, the interview tomorrow, I'll tweet out how you can listen to it. But definitely be on the lookout for that. Love talking to Munch. Munch is one of the first guys that gave us a break in in this business. I mean, we. We, we say it all the time. Do we even have 100 followers on Twitter? Did we even do a podcast at this point? And Munch found us, reached out to us, and I've uh, been on a show. What? This would be the fourth time I've been on a show? Yes. I Sorry, I'm a little distracted right now. Uh, we just got a, a message from McCullers. No, really? <laughs> yeah. Come on, what did he say? I'm not going to say exactly what he said. but Can you paraphrase it real quick for the listeners? Pretty much that Yankee fans are crazy. And he sent us a video. I'm just going to play it real quick. It looks like Yankee fans threw something on his cleat. And he Is that what that was? Because they showed a close-up of it, and it looked like melted caramel. Was That's exactly shoe. what it looks like. He sent, he sent us a video of him in the locker room trying to get it off of his cleat. And he's... <laughs> Let me tell you something. McCullers can be very animated, and I know we have... Uh, you know, we got a bad taste in our mouth for him after. With the thumbs down. But he's a good, good dude. He's animated. He's young. He has fun. And he's he's been really cool with us. Honestly, I somebody actually went and found it. I believe it's episode and they tweet and they retweeted it today, which was you know weird. But somebody went. I believe it's episode twenty six. You can go back in the catalog and look. Listen to our interview with Lance McCullers Jr. He's a, I mean, we're not just saying this because he did our show. He's a really cool dude. Yeah. And you all, and like, I wanted the Yankees to win today, but I didn't want them to win 11 to nothing. Like, I didn't want <laughs> yeah. them to do that to, to Yeah, we root for him. Um, but yeah, really cool that, I mean, who would have thought trolling a guy would have led to <laughs> us having a cool relationship with him? <laughs> Too good. What was I saying now? Oh, Munch. Uh, I'll post I'll post a link to the iHeartRadio where everyone can listen. But yeah, as always, and I man, think you're going to be on at four forty. Yeah, four forty Eastern so. time. So, and then you can always go back and listen in the uh, iHeartRadio uh, app app or whatever later on. But definitely check that out. I love Munch. Munch is such a cool yeah, he's dude. A good dude. Crazy, crazy Cleveland sports. Fan. Yes. We're pro- I'm, you know what I'm going to do. In addition to this, I got to rip – I know you don't want to talk about it, but I got to rip him about his Cleveland Browns. I seriously think they screwed up their whole draft. So do I, actually. <laughs> but um, so that's that. Check out my inter- – check out um, me on with Munch tomorrow, as I said, we're, or today, since you'll be listening to this Friday morning, hopefully. And then, you know, maybe 
maybe listen to this at four o'clock and then right into my interview with Munch. That'd be smart of yeah. you, right? Um, so we got that. We got uh, our interview with Ron Guidry, which we posted on yes. Tuesday. We were able to, you know, send over and, and talk to Gator for a little bit, which was really cool. Um, definitely, you know, we had our whole little soliloquy last week about uh, Mallory's army and what it all rise above bullying. Okay, so that's still going on. So definitely check that out on nyysportstalk.com. Go to the shop tab. There's a special tab for Mallory's Army, so definitely check that out. Uh, like I said, we're going to be recording again Saturday after the Yankees game against the Indians, so uh, that'll be a regular weekend uh, release for a regular weekend recording for Monday release. Yes. Um, and that should sufficiently cover it. I mean, again, incredible stretch of baseball the Yankees are on. Winners of three out of four for uh, – Against the Houston Astros, just go out there just and keep, keep, keep going. Keep handling business. Uh, the pitching matchup, real quick before we wrap up the pitching matchups this weekend. We got CC against Tomlin tomorrow. Tomlin, who is pitching to a 9.16 ERA. So maybe the Yankees can have themselves a nice, easy victory tomorrow. But, you know, you never know. And then uh, Saturday, we got uh, Sonny Gray against Trevor Bauer. Who stirred up a lot of shit this week about his pine tar comments? Yeah, so we'll see how he pitches. Uh, so Sonny Gray, basically, you know what? Back it up, back up that performance yep. you had on Monday. Absolutely. All right, and then uh, we'll talk about Sunday's pitching matchup on Saturday. on Saturday. All right. So thank you again for listening. This was episode forty-one of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Again, this will be our mid. Midweek. Midweek recording. Uh, too much content during the season just to yes. do one show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, anything else you want to plug? That's it for we'll me, get, man. That's it. Um, what did well, You just reminded me of something. What did Mariana Duncan always say in 1996? We, we play today, we win today. That's it. All right. So, um, again, thank you for listening. Episode 41 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. Um be sure to follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. And, um, Chris. Yeah. I kinda like you. Say goodbye. Peace!